The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, get a $100 free bet. When you bet $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet, that is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me and no voice, no guy. It's me, really real, villain, real, Terrell Furman Jr. at your service. And it is another Friday in the NBA. Got my guy, Scott Studio, Russia with me. Scott, what's going on? Yeah, nothing much. Unfortunately, didn't do too well yesterday. Ended up losing the lock and the dog. Went with a couple of player props, and each game was decided by what felt like 50 points. Uh, really mm-hmm. not many good basketball games. The only game that was technically close, keyword technically, was the Grizzlies game. And Memphis was up by 20 for most of the game. They just stopped mm-hmm. carrying in the fourth, and Orlando made it close. But the two TV games... Wow, those games were bad. Uh, <laughs> really, not much more to add there. Uh, yeah, you. That's had Thursday. The, hey, whatever's NBA on TNT, you know it's a blowout. Just take the eleven plus both ways. You know it's a blowout. Yeah. Uh, the way that I look at it, you had Boston, who I said on air, I thought should keyword should if they actually care, look like the much better team and win the game. The problem was I still leaned to Dallas because I couldn't trust the Celtics and I didn't want to lay the three, but they dominated because they were the much better team. And Luka didn't go Superman tonight, so he ended up uh, not being able to carry Dallas. And if Luka's going to struggle, the team's screwed every time. Mm-hmm. And then you had whatever the hell that Clippers game was. I don't know how to describe that. They were down what felt like 40 immediately in the game, and Denver won the game by 30. So... Yeah, both games were decided by about 30 points. Uh, Utah won by double digits, and Memphis won by eight, but it should have been double digits. So really just a horrible day in the NBA for fans of competitive basketball because it was not competitive at all. All unders in that Clippers game would have been amazing if you just look at the box score. Oh, it was disgusting. Paul George, three. Reggie Jackson, two. Zubach, eight. He actually led all starters. Kawhi had six. Marcus Morris had seven. The leading scorer of the game was Jamal Murray of 18 points. <laughs> like, what was this game? You also had Moses Brown off the bench with a double-double for fun. Hey, man, you know, just like pure fun. Per mm-hmm. the f- I cannot wait for Zubat to be injured again, and we can get props from Moses Brown. You know that's my guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go ahead and get into the slate. Let's not waste any more time. Well, I was going to ask, did you have any – takeaways from yesterday or just bad no. basketball wipe it clean no i think it was bad basketball i mean uh on the picks page sg.pn slash nba picks i did take the boston celtics i thought it was a good spot for the celtics uh you know i'll never wager my own money on boston but i mm-hmm. thought that you know people that like boston wager money on boston that it was a very good spot to wager money on them so that was one of my favorite plays I, I don't know what the Clippers did, man. I, you you want to say that's a bad beat, but I, I don't know how that, that game got out of hand. Like, I really can't sit here and pinpoint what point the game got out of hand. It's just you just saw the Nuggets creep 
take the lead back, and then just never look back. I mean, it was a murder. Uh, Tatum, though, shout out to him, though, he did have a triple-double. So, props. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that was his first of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, for the props, though, I think overall they were okay. Uh, I ended up winning with Horford. Horford under eight and a half points has been basically free money for a couple weeks now. He just mm-hmm. doesn't shoot the ball. Uh, yeah, really not a great day overall, but Tatum did have a triple-double. I'll give him his flowers for it. Yeah, being on jaw in this game, just saying that hopefully this game wasn't a blowout. It was a blowout for a portion, but jaw still got his. I had the double-double for jaw and this time he actually tried to score. So. Yep. Uh, and Triple J, really nice game with him, 31-10. and 10. Very mm-hmm. great game, good game for him. All right. Let's go ahead and knock this game out the way because it is disgusting. I really don't want to sit here and talk about it too much. But we have the Philadelphia 76ers playing the Chicago Bulls in Philadelphia, laying four and a half points. 231 is the total. Injury report for these two teams in this game. And you have for the Chicago Bulls, Alex Caruso is questionable. Javante Green is questionable. Tony Bradley is not on the injury report. And for the Philadelphia 76ers, Joel Embiid is out. Now, I know that I've sat here and I've said that I can't trust Chicago. I guess there is a shot, a spot where we can trust them. Because unlike last season, where they struggled against anybody that was top seven or better in the in the league, now they're six and one against the best teams in the Eastern Conference, and they're playing Philadelphia, who I think we can say is one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do they get this done on the road with no John B? So Philly managed to overcome his absence by beating Indiana. It wasn't easy. Uh, they should have actually lost the game. Indiana kind of fell apart in the final 40 seconds of regulation there. I'm going to take Chicago, and you kind of addressed my initial thoughts uh, publicly just a second ago. I think that Chicago is going to be a bit feisty in this game. Uh, They had a nice win there against the Nets. Yes, I know that was a home game. Uh, You can make an argument they should have beaten the Cavs at least once Mm -hmm. because they had good opportunities there. (laughs) I mean, they battled back from down 20 points in the first game, and then they were up by 20 in the first quarter in the second game, and they blew both. Yeah, uh, and the Bulls have played better basketball recently, so I will give them props there. Still not sold in their long-term future or anything. I don't think this team's going anywhere, but they have looked better over the past couple of weeks. I think I'm going to take Chicago. I just think that with them playing better against good competition and the fact they have definitely looked a bit sharper for the past couple of weeks, including that win against the Nets in their last time out, mm-hmm. I think five's a little bit too many. I think the Bulls have a shot to win the game here. I still don't trust Doc Rivers in the fourth quarter of games. It feels like Philly's involved in a lot of close games late, and they don't exactly look good in those situations. We saw them blow what a double-digit lead to the Lakers on. Yeah, was, the Lakers Friday, one was like a couple. Couple was that the Lakers one was the one that I was thinking about where they blew it to the Lakers, let them take it to overtime, and then Russ blew it in overtime. But yeah, and and you look at the Bulls and the recent success. They have been very good in clutch time minutes, which was an issue earlier this season. But now DeRozan's you know kind of rekindled his insane clutch shot making, and has carried Chicago to a couple wins. I'm going to take the Bulls. I just think this game's close. I think the Bulls hang around, and I think they got a shot to win the game. So I'll take Chicago. Oh, man. Everybody in the chat's telling me not to do it. Don't get on Chicago. And I'm not going to do it to myself. Chicago, I told myself that I'm done with Chicago, and I think I still am. I'm going to get through this little rough patch, but I think I'm still done with them. And 
it's really because Philadelphia has been really good at home. You're looking at 15 and six ATS at home, 15 and 10 as a favorite. And in, in this spot, I know there's no Joel and B, but that just moves the ball a lot better. And I like Philly when they're moving the ball, when they're playing up tempo, when they're using their other guys, I think that this is the opportunity where they can still have a pretty decent game. I'm, I'm going to stick. I'm seeing a bunch of money come in on the Bulls. I'm going to stick with Philly here. Give me Philly minus four and a half. I think that this is a, still a pretty decent spot. And with, this team does play well without Joe Embiid. Like, they're not walking phase without Joe Embiid. So, head-to-head in this matchup, last five games, all five have gone to Philly. Philly has covered all five games. They covered three. They covered lane three. They covered lane seven and a half. They covered lane four. They've covered as a four-point dog, and they covered lane two and a half. So, as a dog, as a favorite, they're covering against this team. I'm going to do it. I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm taking Philadelphia 76ers minus four and a half. Yeah, just based on the line movement and everything, I I think I'm still going to lean Chicago, but I probably won't have any money on this game. Yeah, total sitting at 231. Come up all the way from 224 and a half. You got to think that's Joe M B being out and the 76ers running a quicker tempo pace. What do you like in this one? I think I'm going to lean over. Uh, you mentioned the pace. I know it's a big line move, but Caruso potentially not playing big two because he's really Chicago's only good perimeter defender at this point. I think you'll end up seeing a pretty much a track meet breakout. I wouldn't mind some player props here if you want to go for the, you know, kind of I forgot the exact term for it. Like the, I don't call it a pyramid points uh-huh. parlay, but you know what I mean. Like you have DeRozan, for like tw- yeah, not really a ladder, but it's more like DeRozan twenty five, like ha- like Harden twenty, like you work your way down. Oh, okay, 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 okay. And you like but, take you basically take in the best point score, whoever has the highest yeah. points prop, take them for that number, and then ladder everybody down else. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a good way though, to play this. But I see points. So yeah, I think that's a good way to play this. Take because uh, DeRozan's what at like 24, 25 and a half, probably. We're gonna like see that. Levine probably like twenty and work your way from there. Yeah, I would do a DeRozan. So Levine twenty one and a half, DeRozan twenty six and a half, Harton twenty four and a half, Maxi twenty two and a half. I would do a. I would take DeRozan up to thirty. DeRozan thirty, Harton twenty five. Let's go. Zach and Maxi both for 20. That probably puts you in 10 to 1 range easy. Probably. All right. Next game on the slate, we have. Oh, and Harden Assist. I can't forget about Harden Assist. Oh, yeah, duh. Portland Trailblazers are on the East Coast to play the Indiana Pacers, where the Pacers are laying one and a half at home. 237 is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have for Portland. Jeremy Grant is questionable. Yusuf Nurkic is probable. We have Gary Payton, the second, who's questionable. You know you're not seeing Justice Winslow and Azir Little. And then pretty clean for the Indiana Pacers. So, last time out, Portland Trailblazers did take that L against Minnesota, which, in its right, is... In its own right, that is bad, but they also beat them twice at home already. So this was a little bit of get back for Minnesota. I said it was a good spot for Minnesota. I just didn't trust them to take it. Mm. Now you're getting one and a half again, but this time against the Pacers. So I'm going to ask you this because you've been on the Portland bandwagon for most of the season. Okay. Has the ship kind of sailed at this point? Because I keep looking at this team and we keep talking about how I didn't think they'd be good this year. At all. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure Chauncey Bullock's a good coach. They had a good start to the year. 
I don't want to say they've fallen off a cliff, but they have kind of struggled lately. I think Are they come back to the mean. Yeah, okay, that's, that's what fair. I'll say. That's what I'll say it is. So, but you were mentioning them as a potential team to come out of the West. Like, yeah. have you has your confidence wavered at all, or you're still hanging in there? Because Portland the last couple of weeks has really not looked that great, and I'm kind of wondering mm-hmm. what your thoughts are. Yeah, no, I think that this is like I said last time. I think this is the buy low spot. I think this is the worst basketball Portland's going to play over the course of the entire season. And when you just think about it. You have guys that are in and out of the injury report, like Nurkic. They're going through an illness through the team, so Nurkic has been in and out, questionable. Grant, you see, has a uh, – what they say was wrong with him, a quad issue, so he's questionable. Gary Payton's just now working in the lineup and then still battling an ankle a little bit, so he's in and out. I think that once this team kind of gets through this little rough patch and just kind of figures it out, and I think that they will. Chauncey's been a veteran in the league, and he knows that – we can be a good team and have a rough patch through the season that we just got to get through it as a team. I think that they're going to play a lot better basketball and look a lot closer to how they started the season opposed to where they are now. So is this the best time to back them in a lot of their games? Probably not. I'd probably wait and see, but I do think that they're going to turn the quarter. Hence why I said you probably want to take a future on them to come out the West just because the West is so jam-packed right now that it could be a random team that comes up and they have just as good a shot as any yeah i once again you're higher on the portland than i am i wonder how much of the early season success was fool's gold i understand that offensively they have weapons with lillard and with simons and with grant but defensively they could improve with gary payton second i'm not sure how long it's going to take before he actually becomes a steady member in the rotation it's going to be at least after All-Star. That's I what think. I'm saying. I, yeah, it's going to be a while So he's officially – and at one point they are probably going to move him some type of lineup. He may not be in the starting lineup, but it's going to be him playing with the starters a lot. Like you're going to see a lot of yeah. minutes with him at the starters. So. I, I, I think Portland's okay. I think that they're basically a seven-seed team to me. I, I just don't see the consistent – I'd say – I just don't see the, their consistent style of play – I'll, I'll phrase it this way. I don't think their style of play is going to result in consistent results. Yeah. I, I think that they're going to be a streaky team all season long, and I try to stay away from those teams, mm-hmm. at least long-term. Short-term, you can back them when they're good. You can fade them when they're bad. We know a bunch of teams like that. I'm, you're just higher in Portland than I am. I think they're yeah. fine. I don't think they're an amazing team. I think they'll probably lose in the first or second round, in my opinion. But for this game, I like I like Indiana to kind of transition over. Because based on how Portland's played recently, there's no way I'm going to the window with this team. Yeah. I, I just can't. Indiana lost their last game to Philly. Great effort. They lost in overtime. They were trailing most of the game, came back, and they kind of blew it. But I think I'm going to Indiana here. They've been good at home. They've been good overall. And I like their form more than Portland's current form. I'll take the Pacers. Yeah, no, this is a I think this is a tough little road trip for them too, going from Minnesota to Indiana. Then they got Toronto on Sunday and like I said they're not playing their best basketball right now I think this is a time where you can fade them and Indiana is really hard to get in front of them they covered the last five games they've won four out of last five outright all of them have been dogs but they've been playing pretty decent as a favorite over the season five and four as a favorite your only concern is that 13 and seven as an underdog for Portland but this is like a rough stretch for Portland I feel confident in just saying that in a in a toss-up game, I'll take the home team. So, yeah, give me Indiana minus one and a half. I think this one should be a lot higher, to be honest with you. I, I get that Indiana, people still don't trust because of the youth of the team 
and Portland still has a lot of firepower that could match Indiana. Mm-hmm. But based on current form and based on how good Indiana's been at home this season, why is this not like three or three and a half? I wouldn't. If it was three or three and a half, I would be back on Portland. Yeah, you I'm, could I'm, be. I'm just saying, doesn't this line feel short based on current form? I think it's just more of the fact that Indiana can't defend. Like, they're dogs for a reason. Like, they're not yeah. just underdogs because everybody's disrespecting the, the team, Indiana Pacers. No, they're underdogs because they can't defend anything. The only thing they can defend is the paint. And if you're a good jump shooting team, you can shoot the ball on the outside. You're going to give them problems and score a bunch of points. So uh, I, I'm not mad at the line. I think the line is pretty spot on, honestly. Uh, Indiana should be a home favorite. I think they deserve that right after how they played over the past few games and this season. And Portland is reeling. And But I, the total is where you got me. I just I don't know how I don't see points in this game. Yeah, I, I like the over, too. This game could really go over in a variety of ways. Either Portland doesn't show up defensively and Halliburton has another 14-assist type game, or you know you have Lillard or Grant or Simons or all the above. They just go nuclear and you get points. I'm on the over. I see pace here. I kind of wish Nurkic wasn't playing for the pace because I do think that he could potentially help result in a slower game, but I'm on the over here. I just see a lot of overall good shot making. Anthony Simons is his day. You think it's his day? Yeah, I think it's his day. He actually did me a solid. I had a player prop for a different show earlier this week. Mm-hmm. I had him under three and a half assists. He had three assists in the first quarter, and he finished with three. Okay. So he did me a solid. <laughs> he got into foul trouble. He played like 20-something. Like he had zero yeah. assists in the final three quarters. But yeah. All right. Let's see here. Let's go into the next game of the slate. We have the Brooklyn Nets, your Brooklyn Nets, the surging Brooklyn Nets, the best team in the league after Jacques Vaughn has taken over Brooklyn Nets, are playing the New Orleans Pelicans in New Orleans. Nets are laying four and a half on the road. Get New Orleans as a home dog. You don't see that too often. 231 is the total injury report for these two teams, and you know you're not going to see Zion Williamson for the Pelicans at all, but you're also not going to see uh, Brandon Ingram still. Larry Nance Jr. and Willie Hurt, um, Hernan Gomez both are questionable. And for the Brooklyn Nets, TJ Warren is questionable with the rib injury. It's about it for Brooklyn. Okay, so Brooklyn did lose against the Nets. We had, I mean, not against the Nets. They did lose against the Bulls, but we talk about the Bulls and how they've been playing up to competition recently. Do we keep riding with Brooklyn here, or is this a pretty good spot for New Orleans, who's shorthanded, to try to make something shape? I'm really torn here because, on one hand, the Nets on paper should be the obvious play here because there's no Zion, there's no Ingram. You're looking at McCollum and a bunch of role players, basically. I mean, that's, that's what you're looking for for New Orleans. They smacked Houston. In their last mm-hmm. game, congrats. You know, Houston sucks. So you gotta you gotta beat the teams in front of you, but I'm not exactly gonna read into much. However, this line has come down. I believe it opened up at five. Yes. So you'd assume that the Nets would be just getting a bunch of money from everybody in the plot. No, crowd. everybody's actually on New Orleans. That's that, that's this, that's what I'm saying. It's a little weird from the betting spot. You'd assume that everyone would be taking Durant and Kyrie off a loss against the team missing a bunch of good players. New Orleans is what seven? What are they like seventeen and four at home? Oh, uh, let's see. This team is disgusting at home. Straight up, they are yeah seventeen and four straight up, thirteen and eight against the spread. 
Like, if we're going to talk about the Warriors being insane at home, and we're going to talk about these other teams, people keep sweep, sleeping on New Orleans. Like, 17 New and Orleans, home is crazy. I think New Orleans actually has the second-best record in the league at home. They're better than Cleveland, so they, they should Because Golden State, I think they only had three losses. Yeah, Golden State just that, lost. That lost to, yeah, so they had two go, prior to that Pistons game. And then the Pistons made it three, which is yeah. hilarious because if you watch the Draymond Green show, he was like, we, we've we done really well at home. We expect to have another win the next week and then the next game. And then the next game was the Pacers and they lost. I thought Absol- it was kind of funny. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, he really jinxed the hell out of that. Like, yeah, it was yeah. really, really funny. But, yeah, this, this team is – and it doesn't matter because they haven't had they haven't had Zion for multiple games. They haven't had Brandon Ingram. What feels like the entire season. I, mean, I, I can't remember the last time I seen. It's been Brandon at least Ingram a play. month. It might, it might yeah. have been two months at this point. It's been a while. Yeah. So they've been getting it done with a short short handed, but uh, it's like I don't know which side to back. Do we back the home dog that's been great at home, or do we back the team that's just been great overall? I think I'm going to hold my nose and lean New Orleans based on how the line has moved. Now, on the other side, you have the Nets on Friday night. I've mentioned it before. They're a really good Friday night team. I don't know why. It's been that way for several years. But I do think New Orleans, with the line coming down, is extremely live to win this game. Let's put it this way. I don't think the Mm -hmm. Nets are free money. I think that this game is going to be competitive. And I think from what we saw with Chicago, yes, Durant went for 44. But we saw the Sun will really kind of make his presence down in that fourth quarter with the defensive intensity on the backcourt. And with Alvarado and with the overall mentality that New Orleans has, they're not going to back down from this Nets team. They're going to actively pressure the ball, and I think they could make life uncomfortable for the Nets because of it. Plus, you look at the rebounding advantage here, and even though the Pelicans are missing a couple of guys in the front court, Valanciunas should feast in this game on the glass, and the Nets are still a terrible rebounding team. So if the Pelicans win the rebounding battle by... Let's say 10 to 15. It's a reasonable number. That means Pelicans are still going to get a lot more possessions because of it. So I think I'm going to lean New Orleans. I'm going to lean under in this game. I think this game is a little bit more defense than people think. But I think New yeah. Orleans is actually live to win this game. I'm going to lean New Orleans. Yeah, I'm 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 going to go with you with New Orleans. I really was trying to make a case for Brooklyn. And I tried to have a tiebreaker of free throws because – I think that if Brooklyn makes this a close game, free throws could be the thing that get them the cover. But we could just live better from free throws because if Simmons makes one, you just bet on New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, what are they 50, one and se- one and seven, one and eight when Simmons makes a free throw? The Nets. I think it's some crazy stat. I saw it. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's some crazy stat. I think it's one and eight. I think, but Simmons made his first free throw last game since November. <laughs> Which is absolutely crazy, but it explains why the Nets have won a bunch of games in a row. But yeah, everyone's going to take the Nets uh, for most. I'd say the public would. I, I think the, take, sharp, the sharps yeah. are on are betting heavy on New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I think that I think we just follow that. Take New Orleans plus four and a half. Both teams are equal in free throw percentage: seventy-seven point five for Brooklyn and seventy-seven on the dot for uh, New Orleans. So it's going to be a good one. Total sitting at two thirty-one. Opened up 229 and a half. Once again, I'm going to lean under. You can make a case either way again. I'm hoping that New Orleans' offense does struggle a bit with uh, the missing that much firepower, and that results in a lower-scoring game. Mm -hmm. But you still have Herb Jones, who's a great defensive player. You still have Alvarado, who might get a little bit of a boost in minutes just for his overall defense. 
New Orleans has guys that can guard quite well. Dyson Daniels as well. I really like defensively. Yep. I think that they have enough overall defensive length and versatility to turn this game into something a bit uglier than people think. I'm going to lean under. Herb Jones versus Kevin Durant is going to be the matchup for me. If Herb Jones can keep him in that 20 to 25 range mm-hmm. instead of 30 to 35. Or an inefficient 30, either it, one. Yeah, an inefficient 30. If he can make life hard for Kevin Durant, then man. All right, I'm on under as well. Next game on the slate, we have the New York Knicks, my New York Knicks, going to play the Toronto Raptors in Toronto. Minus three and a half for the Raptors. 218 is the total. For the Knicks, R.J. Barrett, you know you're not seeing him for some time. And Otto Porter Jr. for the Raptors, you know you're not seeing them. So pretty healthy on both sides of the ball. Forgot Otto Porter was even on the Raptors. Okay. You have your Knicks auto bet of Knicks first half. Doesn't matter what situation is. You just take it. Raptors have been reeling as a team recently, so feel pretty decent about that Knicks auto bet of the first half. As for the game. Are you just blindly taking Siakam over? You still traumatized yeah. from last time? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, a little bit less because he's not in the garden, so he's not trying to like show out and for other people. But everybody and their mothers on the Knicks in this game. Everybody on their mother and the Knicks in this game. And as a Knicks fan, I know what that means. Just take Toronto. Just take Toronto. It's ugly. It's disgusting. Toronto's playing terrible basketball. But this is a pretty good spot where the Knicks, who have been playing well, and there's a, this is actually a trend, too. So when Team A has won the last two games and then Team B has lost the last two games, but Team B is laying points, I think that trend is somewhere around 55 56% of Team B covering that spread. So you have Toronto, who's lost last game, last game at home against Milwaukee, who Milwaukee's coming off a of back-to-back, lost at the Pacers in a game that, People felt fairly confident they were favored in both of those games. Knicks coming off of two wins. Phoenix and San Antonio both at home. Now they're on the road going to Toronto. I think I like tomorrow's chances just because of the system play there that I just labeled out. And the Knicks are just not good when everybody's on them. Like when everybody bets them, they're not good. Trust me, I know because I get frustrated at it all the time. And Toronto needs a get right spot. And what's better than a get right spot than the New York Knicks coming to Toronto? So, yeah, I'll bet Toronto here minus three and a half. I'm going to go with Toronto as well. Uh, We have different methods on how we got to this point, but I still like Toronto. We had the same conclusion. I think it's pretty weird that money's coming on Toronto and that they're up to four. Toronto won the first game. Uh, I believe they were the team that snapped the Knicks winning streak about a month Mm -hmm. ago or a couple weeks ago. Toronto's last game was one of the weirdest games I've ever seen. Uh, You had about 25 points in the first quarter. Milwaukee was killing them. And then Toronto had one of the greatest comebacks I've ever seen and then lost the game in overtime. Uh I think they can build on that. I think the fact that they didn't roll over and die against one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference and the fact that they were actually able to go down to the wire in a game that most teams would roll over in, I think emotionally that's actually a positive. I, I think they can build on that. The Knicks' last game won... The Spurs really just flipped the tank switch in the final 10 seconds. A five-second count on the inbound pass, and then you're like, <laughs> you don't even get a shot off after the two free Pop was like, livid. Like, Pop was livid. He was faking being livid because he wants Wemby. But still, I, that was bizarre <laughs> how that worked itself out. But San Antonio's well, is Pop going to get Wemby, or is 
Tim Duncan gonna get Wimby? Hmm. I think they'll give Pop first crack. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Tim we'll Duncan's see. been on that bench for some time now. He has, uh, but I, I think Pop. It's his job until he doesn't want it anymore. Uh, that's how I, I'm shocked he's still there. We've talked about this before, but yeah, I, I, th- I thought Pop was gonna pull the Coach K and be like, "All right, World Tour, this is it. Gonna be yep. done." Out. Audi 5000, I'm going to get you the number one overall pick, and then I'm going to hand it off to somebody else. (laughs) Yeah, but the way that I see it, I think that the Raptors are in a decent spot here. The Knicks are still a good team, but based on how the lines moved and the fact that Siakam, once again, just went for a 50-piece against this team, even though he's not going to go for 50 again, the Knicks can't guard him. Like Siakam's that perfect tweener that the Knicks don't have an answer for. He's too quick for Mitchell Robinson, but he's and he's also a little bit too quick for Randall. And I don't really know who on the Knicks is supposed to guard him well for an entire 48 minutes. Like, who's supposed to guard him? Mm, I mean... He's just a, he's a tweener. Like, they, they don't have a guy like that to actually stay in front of him. So I think Siakam should have a big game. Van Vliet might shoot better. I know he was awful in the first half. He kind of picked it up there in the second half. Still have Gary Trent. Still have Ananobi. I kind of like the weapons here. I'll go with Toronto at home. I'll back the line movement. 218, we're taking under. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not taking it over with Toronto. I see this game being ugly. First meeting, Siakam once again dropped the 50-piece. That game still landed 219. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the under. No, I'm here with you. I don't even think this is a possibility this doesn't get to 210. All right, next game on slate, we have the Charlotte Hornets, or the remnants of the Charlotte Hornets, going to play the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. Milwaukee's laying 10. This line also opened at minus 11. There is so much money on Charlotte right now that it actually did drop this line to 10. For the Hornets, you have Gordon Hayward, who was doubtful. Uh, James Booknight, out. Do we Kai just Jones, end the handicap out. when you said Gordon Hayward's doubtful? Yeah, I wanted to, but, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do us, you know, the listeners justice. Giannis is probable. Drew Holiday is probable. Joe Ingles is not on the injury report. George Hill is probable. Uh, Bo Champ is probable. Chris Milton is out. Guys, they're so bad when Gordon Hayward doesn't play. Like, they're so bad when Gordon Hayward doesn't play. Gordon Hayward earns his money. Yeah, he earns his money because somehow this team goes from a bad team that you can sometimes back to completely fade. Like, you, they are fade city when he is not in the lineup. I, I, I don't have anything else to say. Like, there's no reason you should be on Charlotte in this game at all. Lay whatever with Milwaukee. And the fact that everybody's laying points with Charlotte makes me feel even better about Milwaukee. Milwaukee, a completely different team at home. They are 14-6 and six against the spread at home. 18-12-1 as a favorite. This is the spot, man. I, I know that the Hornets have come up and down, and there's been weird covers and all of that over the past couple of weeks with them. I'm not backing this team without Gordon Hayward. Like, that is just pure one-on-one Charlotte basketball right now. I'm not backing this team without Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Milwaukee. Uh, I want to make a case to get double digits, but I can't. Charlotte sucks. There's no way around it. They're 5-15 and 15 on the road. Milwaukee, another great home team, 16-4. and four. That's straight up, though. I don't exactly have the ATS numbers in front of me. But the point is, Milwaukee has had Giannis go nuclear for the last week and a half. And... If we're going to keep talking about a teams have no rim protection, or we're going to roast teams. Charlotte is one of the experts at no rim protection. No, no love for Mason Plumlee. 
Uh, no, I'm a, as you know, I'm a bigger, Nick, I'm a big, I'm a bigger Nick Richards guy. I've been calling for Richards to start after about the first week of the season. I know he's been banged up recently too. They have Mark Williams who they barely use. I think Mark Williams he's played up. better. Like everybody's played better. I don't know what Plumlee has over the people in that organization. Like what he, ha- he has something. It's the same thing that Taj Gibson has over Tom over Thibodeau. Like mm-hmm. he has something. Because I don't have no idea how you see Richards and Mark Williams play, and you continue to give Mason Plumlee the bulk. Of the you know, watching him at Duke, like you knew Williams would be good. Even Kai Jones, I thought was good in college. I thought he should get more minutes, but I, I don't know what. Plumlee I don't get it. But him. the point is, if Giannis is going to go for fifty-five against Washington, and now he's facing off against Mason Plumlee and company, if he plays enough minutes, he's going for forty. Like, mm-hmm. how the hell are you supposed to stop this guy? He's going to get a free runway to the lane every time. And if we talk about LeBron against Charlotte or LeBron against Atlanta, and we mm-hmm. talk about all these other great just home run spots for players, if Giannis is going to go to the rim and nobody on Charlotte, forget about guarding him, is going to try to get in his way, he's walking into 40. Like, yeah, I think Giannis is- over in points, even though it's a high number, yep. I have to like. I have to like Milwaukee. The only concern is a blowout, and you're worried about them pulling Giannis potentially. But even if Giannis plays, like, let's just say 30 minutes, he could still go for 40. Like, I don't think Charlotte can stop this guy. Yeah, no, no. Giannis points and rebounds. They asked him about Giannis rebounds. Rebounds is still a good play, too, as well. Giannis should put on a show. Like, he should he really should. put on a show. I, I don't think that there's any way that Charlotte gets in front of him. I think they roll over in this game and – it's just not there, there's such a night and day difference. And it's crazy that you can go from a bad team to an even worse team with a mm-hmm. player that we really don't even respect that much in the league anymore. Like the, the Wizards still have Porzingis or Gafford. Like they at least have a couple of guys who I'm not saying are good rim protectors, but they can try. Charlotte's even worse in that yeah. aspect. Giannis, if he does what he did against Washington, which is I'm barely gonna shoot jumpers, I'm going to the hoop, deal with it. 55, no threes. Yeah, like he he really could have a game like that if he wanted to. If he yep. was in full attack mode the entire game, he's going for 50. He might. He might actually try to do that. <laughs> All right. Total, real quick, totals at 232.5. It actually went down to 233. And I agree with it going down because – I don't think Charlotte's going to contribute to this at all. Like, I think Charlotte's going to do nothing to this total at all. I think this is going to be an absolute route. I'm going the under 232.5. I think I'm on the over because I think Milwaukee might score 130. It's really (laughs) tough for me to constantly go to the under window with Charlotte. I understand that offensively they stink and Milwaukee might put the clamps down. Did you see when Ja rolled the ball out the court and nobody went to pick him up and he was just standing in the backcourt. Like, oh, for at least 20 seconds. Yeah, and, and somehow that game still went over, so I under, I completely understand your point. Yeah, it, but th- that game's a perfect example of it. I leaned to the under in that game, thinking yeah, Memphis' no, defense would dominate, and they did. Memphis's defense was great, but Charlotte's defense was so bad that even when benching Ja for the fourth quarter, they still give up 130. So oh, I, I think I'm leaning there. over. I don't know. Such a bad beat on point. On I'd rather take team there. totals here, like Milwaukee over, Charlotte under. You meet in the middle, you find some type of team total you like. Yeah. All right, let's go with the next game on the slate. Washington Wizards going to, excuse me, going to OKC to play the Oklahoma City Thunder. Minus one and a half for the Thunder, 231 and a half is the total. Injury report for these two teams that we have. 
for the Wizards, Gaffers are not on injury report. Taj Gibson is questionable with the groin. Bradley Beal is not playing with the hamstring. Addition by subtraction. Like, not saying that Beal's a bad player, but they have been playing better without him recently. Yeah. Jalen Williams is out for OKC. You have Popeshevsky, DA, Robson Earl, all still on injury report. Jalen Williams is the only person that's getting minutes that's not playing in this one. All right. I really just wanted to stop after I said Golden State, not Golden State, but after I said Oklahoma City minus one and a half. Like I wanted to stop talking right there because I already it was already decided what I was playing. I'm playing Washington plus one and a half, Washington on the money line. I'm not taking OKC as a favorite. I'm not doing it. Three and seven straight up, three and seven against the spread as a favorite. They're not even close. They're not winning these games. This is a terrible spot for them. They just don't get it done as a favorite. I don't care what Shea does. They just have not got it done as a favorite. So I'll back Washington in this spot. I think I'm going to agree with you. I feel like people will blindly take the Thunder because the last time they were at home, they scored 150 against Boston. And Boston was so good last night that people might immediately overrate the Thunder and say, you know, this Thunder team scored 150 against this team. Yeah, Maybe they're pretty good. The thing about Washington, I don't like them as a team. I don't think they're very good. But you look at how they've played without Beal, and it's a big reason during the, the offseason. The ball moves. The ball moves so ball much. ball moves well, and we talked about it during the offseason. I don't think Beal's a winning basketball player. I think he's an empty calorie stat guy. I've mentioned it for years. And you look at Beal's success in the Bradley league. Bradley keep a bag Beal. It's an oxymoron because he leads the league in scoring one year, and they're not even close to the playoffs. So, like, you look at what the Wizards have done – Westbrook had his triple-double run there for a year with Washington. They made the playoffs technically, and they got buried in the first round to Philly. They made the playoffs a couple times with Wall, and they didn't really do much after that. Isaiah Thomas basically owned the franchise, and he dropped 53 points in a playoff game. But I just think that Washington gave Beal a bunch of money, and they're going to tolerate being mediocre. Porzingis has been okay. But this team, in general, I think is good enough to hang around with OKC. This game's going to be close. It's not going to be easy one way or another. But without Beal, I do actually think the supporting cast has stepped up in his absence. They haven't won many games. But Giannis, I just talked about dropping 55 against them last game. Washington was still competitive. That was like a five-point game with six minutes to go. Like They hung around in Milwaukee. I don't think that's really a bad performance I'm going to go ahead and take Washington. I think this team is good enough to hang around and pull off a win. So I'll go with the Wizards. Yeah, I'm with you. Same way all around. Handicap. 231 and a half is the total. My favorite play is the over. I just see a bunch of points here. I think Shea could go nuts. Kuzma can go nuts. Porzingis can go nuts. Does anybody (laughs) in this game actually pride themselves on defense besides a little bit of Daniel Gafford? Luke and Dort. Dort. And Dort. Yeah, Dort is, Dort is the only person. I didn't even call Gafford. Like, I didn't even have Gafford when I was thinking about defense. I only had Luke Dort. So. I, I just mentioned the Wizards. <laughs> That's why they were in my head first. But Dort, of yeah. course, is the main answer. But I have to like the over here. I, I just don't see many stops in this game. There is a play that I like in this game that I don't think people are on. I wonder what the line is set at now. It is Jalen Williams, and it's Jalen spelled J-A-L-E-N. The other Jalen with the I and a Y, he is out. But the Jalen with the E-L-E-N, he has been rebounding the basketball. Mm-hmm. And it's not been anything spectacular. But has they've been, been setting. Technically? Kind of, sort of. He kind of, sort of has been that role. And 
they've been having his line set at three and a half for the longest, like three and a half rebounds for the longest. And if I don't know what it's at now, but the last couple of games, he has three, like three games in a row. He's had three, but before that five, nine, seven, four, seven, like he's been around there. And with other Jalen Williams out as well, it might be a pretty decent spot for him to get some rebounds. Somebody's going to have to rebound for this team. Like somebody's going to have to do it. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks it's going to be Josh Giddy, like because he's their best rebounder. He leads the team in rebounds, eight rebounds per game. I like the big. If I had to pick a big, I'm picking Williams, and I like Williams to. He's his line's probably going to be at like four, maybe five. I, think I can't argue with the actual value. I mean, the value's obviously present based on recent form and the injury report for OKC. So I agree with you there. Uh, I see Mets actually mentioning back at the Bucks game, are we blindly taking like Lopez or Portis rebounds? It's a good call. Yeah. We probably should. That's a good we call. probably should. Like a double-double. Well, you blindly take Lopez blocks with that, just assuming he goes for like three, four blocks. He's still – and he's still – I think he's actually locked in and trying to get this defensive player of the year, and I think the he team should. wants him to get it. So, like, I think the team wants him to get it. So, I'm, definitely blocks. I think if Jaron Jackson stays healthy, he's going to win it because some people think he was allegedly hosed last year, and Lopez still has Giannis. And I, I'm some got. people. I'm some people. Yeah. Okay. The but, point is, is that there's a narrative built in, yeah. and the fact is you're looking around the rest of the team. Giannis has won defensive player before. You can make a case that Lopez just has a very good supporting cast with and him. And you, you can't really use that against him because Marcus Smart won it last year, and Robert Wood. Like, there were so many people that were, like, Top ten in all defensive metrics on yeah. the Boston team, and Smart still won it. So Robert Williams also missed what, like half the year last year. Yeah, so I think it's quick defensive player of the year. I really think it's between Lopez, it's between Ananobi. I think it's Lopez and Jaron Jackson. That's how I look at it. I think right it, I think Ananobi's like an outside. He's on the outside of those two guys. I think it, he's on the outside. I, I like him a lot. The issue is I don't think he can stay healthy for long enough to actually win the award. I think he's just not in the right market. Like nobody's watching Toronto basketball. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing with Herb Jones. Like I don't think Herb Jones is in the right market for him to win defense. He was my offseason pick at like eighty, ninety to one. I mean, he should be first team all defense guaranteed. But yeah, for sure. We'll see. All right, let's move on to. But so, do you agree with the over? I, I just don't see any. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on the over. Okay. All right, WinBet is the official online sportsbook of Sports Gaming Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states. They have live betting, same game parlays, the win, build your own bet. Hey, tap into the Mothership Pod later today, 2 p.m. Eastern. What is that, like 11 Pacific, I think? Whatever, yeah. I'm going to be on there, and I'm going to have a win, build your own bet for this weekend in the NFL. Great promos, odds, and payouts all happening at WinBet. Sign up today, receive a special offer for a bet $100 when you win. A hundred dollar free bet limited to state availability. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Claim your free bet today. All such a change terms, conditions at winbet.com. Must be torn order in present state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Next game on the slate. We have the Detroit Pistons on the road to go play the San Antonio Spurs in a battle of the tank off. Well, I don't think the Pistons are actually tanking. I think that they're trying. They're just bad. Yeah. (laughs) Shout out to them for being Golden State. Shout out. Yeah, definitely shout out to them for beating Golden State. Whereas San Antonio, they're 100% tanking. Like you can watch San Antonio. You can tell that they give up in games and they just say, all right, this is an L. 
Minus one and a half for the Spurs. How many times have the Spurs been a favorite? Just guess. How many times do you think they've been a favorite this season? Four. Twice. Okay. They are one and one straight up as a favorite. One and their defense, one of their on teams the is favored in scrimmage. Yeah. <laughs> one of their teams is favored. So. Yeah, one of them does have to be favored. If you have two teams in practice, one of them has to. Well, no, they probably said it at a pick. I'd say it at a pick. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean. I'm blindly on the over. Let's start there. Do you have a problem if you feel like you have to bet this game? I really like the over. I think you I mean, might I like have, that, but but like if you if bet, you bet side, a side, you might have a do you problem. Have a problem? But maybe I heard the donuts are free <laughs> in the meetings. So if you want to get some some dessert, you know they got donuts in the back of the room. Maybe some. Free and coffee. I heard I heard that the DJs go for duck donuts too. Ooh. So yeah, nice. yeah, chairs. You know, you could sit down. You can meet some people. So similar yeah. interests. I'll tell you that much. But. Yeah, I think it's at the end non, of the day, it's in a non-betting regulation state, so it's like in like South Carolina or something. So, so yeah. people can't put plays in. Oh man, I don't know. I think like, you got a problem got on the it. side. San Antonio at home, you can make a case for, I guess, because Detroit's so bad on the road, but they just beat Golden State. I just like the over. I, I how do, neither team cares about defense, and I see nope. points. I, I just think that this game's going to turn into a bit of a track meet. Because neither team's really focused on defense and offensively, both teams have been quietly okay recently. Mm-hmm. I just think you're looking at a game, totals 236, which sounds disgusting. But I think I kind of have to take the over. If I had to make one play here besides player props, I'll go with an over. I think that both teams get to 120. For my gamblers, anonymous people that need a side on this one, I want to say Antonio at home. Oh, see, look, I wanted to go San Antonio. I wanted to fade the Pistons off of getting that win at Golden State, but Devin Vassell's not playing in this one. That's their second-best scorer, and now I have to play dartboard to figure out who's going to be the second- and third-leading scorers in this game. Maybe it's Trey Jones. Maybe it's Josh Richardson. Maybe it's McDermott. Maybe it's Sochan, who's been playing a lot better recently. I'll just take the team that I know where the scoring is going to come from. I know Bogdanovich is going to go off mm-hmm. against the Spurs. I like, you know, I like backing him against the Western Conference teams. I know that Jayden Ivey still is really, really good. Have a, can have a really good season. Sadiq Bay is nothing to play about. Like they have a bunch of scorers that I think with uh, Killian Hayes back in the lineup should be able. He should be able to get them the ball and get a bunch of assists in this game. I think the Pistons can play more of a team basketball-style game, and I do think the Pistons are the better team. They just suck when it comes time to actually win the game. But, yeah, I'll take the Pistons here, plus one and a half on the road, sure. Once again, I think it's a coin flip. I still like the props here. If I like the over, I like the over. Yeah, you love props. I mean, I'm not fading Durin's. Did you know I got got his double-double in that Golden State game at plus 235? What? I, I don't know. What did he finish with in rebounds? 13 and 13. I 13 think. and 13? Okay. I think. I got to like Killian Hayes' assists. Yes, I love his assists. There's, There's so a bunch many drops of I love I in, like this, in game. this game. Yeah. I mean, this is, this uh, is the uh, this is the D, uh, this is the uh, DFS Millie Maker game. No, 100%. This one and uh, what did we talk about? It was another one earlier that he had 18 and 11. Somebody else had 13 and 13. I can't remember who it was, but he had no, 18 and 11. No, Wendell Carter 13 and 13. That's what it was. I knew it was somebody with 13 and 13. Great number there. But, yes, this is definitely one of your Millie Maker games for sure. Yeah. All right. 
Next game on the slate, we have, if anybody didn't catch my drift, I'm with Scott on the over, by the way. That's my favorite play. It's, that's the only thing I'm really tempted by in this game. Yeah, and I'll take a, I like the first half over as well. Yeah. Cleveland Cavaliers are going to Denver to play the Denver Nuggets. Minus six and a half for the Nuggets at home. 222 is total injury report here for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And we have... Did I go over that injury report in that last game? I didn't. Well, nothing. I don't know really if it matters, did. to be honest. It, 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 they all got replacement players anyway. I said I Vassell is not playing. That's the only yeah. thing you really need to know. All right. For the Cavs, Donovan Mitchell is out. That's probably why the line moved as it did. Darius Garland is questionable. And for the Nuggets, Jamal Murray said he'll play. Injury management on a back-to-back. They said he's going to play, though. Oh, man. What was the minutes in that game last night? Uh, I don't think any starter played after halftime. <laughs> like, it was it was bad. It turned into a G League game for the second half. Like, so the most bad. the most minutes by a starter was 29 by KCP. Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon both had 21. Michael Porter Jr. had 22. Jokic had 24. The Cavs are really bad on the road, man. Yeah, very. Like, they are not good on the road. And now you're telling me no Donovan Mitchell and potentially no Darius Garland. Like, it's not a foregone conclusion that Garland, just because he's questionable, he's playing in this one. He's missed some time with that thumb injury. I think they're taking their time with them, making sure he's good. So it's a very good possibility that you see it out for Darius Garland later tonight. It looks like five eleven and one on the road. Three five three and five as an underdog. I know we've seen spots where teams step up without their best players. Doesn't this just look like an active punt job? Like Cleveland <sighs> somehow pulled out a win. They probably didn't deserve against Phoenix in that game. They were they were down most of the game. They had like thirty six points in the first half. They came back and they won the game. It looks like they're just told Mitchell, listen. You were awful against Phoenix before the fourth quarter because you were exhausted from your 71 point. You need game. a break. Just just take just take all the time you need. And Garland's the same way. I think I'm leaning Denver. It really is a great letdown spot for Denver after crushing the Clippers on national TV. Yeah. It looks like Cleveland doesn't give a damn. If Cleveland wins, there's only one way that I'll play Cleveland winning. You're parlaying it with Levert 35-plus points? Because Levert has to be his streak. Is that where you're going? That is 100% where I was going. That is 100% where I was going. I'm so glad me and you are on the same page about this. Like, we're locked in because it was 100%. If Levert is streaky and this is his bad streaky game, they're going to get ran out the building. But there is a possibility that Karis Levert comes in here and drops 70 his damn self. Like, that is a actual possibility. Karis LeVert has the skill to do that. So, I'm not, am I saying that he's going to walk in here and score 70? No, I'm not LeBron. I'm not just penciling people in for 70 on a random ass night. But Karis LeVert has to have a big game for Cleveland to be even remotely in this, I think. So, even if they're not remotely in it, like, who else is supposed to take shots for this team? Yeah, he's going to get all the volume. I'm I'm on Karis LeVert. I think that if I play Cleveland, I'm only playing it attached to Karis LeVert. Otherwise than that, I'm probably on Denver. In terms of what I'm going to put on the picks page, Denver's a regular season team, so I'll put Denver minus six and a half. 
I'm a bit annoyed because they don't have any Levert props up at the moment. I was trying to find 30 plus or something. I was looking. I was looking for it. Trust me. I was I looking would. for top point score in the game. Like I see oh. Jared Allen was like 11 to 1. Like they didn't have Levert up, but they had a couple if, other guys, which annoyed and me. And Jared Allen's 11 to 1. Levert's got to be 7 to 1. Probably, which I don't know if I want to chase at that point. But the point is we saw it eye to eye because Levert is another guy who thinks he's better than he is and is just he Stop plays playing that guy like that. Way. He's good. He's just his basketball IQ Nets. isn't he, the he's, his he's basketball, basketball IQ isn't the best, but he is a pure scorer. I will give him that much. He had one possession in that Mitchell game, by the way, where Mitchell has like 60 something points. They're feeding him the ball every possession. <laughs> and then Levert gets the ball. I think it was in the fourth I know what you're talking about. I know and what Levert just immediately about. got the ball. It didn't even look at Mitchell, who had about it, six Yeah, it went, and it went for it. it. Not even close. Not even yeah, close it was going. Like, it was, and he, I don't think he took another shot in the game after that. No. Like, <laughs> so. I, the coach probably told him, like, never shoot the ball again. But Mitchell had, like, 60. He's on an all-time yeah, no. heater. And Levert didn't even look his way. Because I'm sweating. Like, I'm still sweating uh, Cleveland at this point. I'm still yeah. sweating Cleveland. And so I see that play, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. He didn't give I'm a damn. Get it. Like, I'm like, Donovan Mitchell's about to have this crazy game, and they're going to lose. And so, yeah, no. it was. That's it's fitting because they're against each other in this game. I think Harris Levert and Michael Porter Jr. would be best friends. Yeah, they really would. They really would. Oh, I would love friends. to see it. I would love to see a game to 21 versus those two. Mm-hmm. You could throw in uh, like a pr- prime JR. Syracuse <laughs> yeah. Dion waiters. You know, you got to, we got to do that and just have a fun episode where we build like the, the team of players that all play exactly. Dion waiters, a hundred percent. Waiters is, is on my favorite. One of my favorite NBA quotes of all time. I'd rather be like, Oh, for 30 than Oh, for five, because it means you lost <laughs> confidence. <laughs> That's one of my all time favorite quotes. But yeah, a lot of guys like that in the NBA. Totals at two twenty two under Cleveland. I'm, I have yes. to be on the under. Cleveland's yeah. a good defensive back back team, for and they're benching their entire team. Like yeah. I, I have to go with the under. All right, next game on the slate, back to back for the Clippers as well. I'm going to play Minnesota minus three for Minnesota. Two twenty six is total. Do we think Minnesota? I, I can't say. Turn wait, wait. Let me let me okay, do sorry. due diligence. Due sorry, diligence you do your thing, because sorry. yeah, we gotta do due diligence. John Wall, Kawhi, or TBD, <laughs> of course. Nick Batum, unlikely to play. Nas Reed for the Timberwolves, questionable. Bryn Forbes, questionable. You know, McLaughlin. Now now we can get to the point why we say that we're not betting Minnesota no matter what. Well, this is what I was going to ask you. I was going to table it. Minnesota has been so bad for so long this season. Yeah. They've actually looked okay with Gobert in the lineup. Huge yeah. progression. They've won a couple games. Big step. Yeah. The Clippers, I, I still don't know what the hell that was last night. I can't make sense of it. I can't either. Can you rest one of the two big guys after you no-showed the game? Like, I think oh, 100%. they quite have to play, don't they? Oh, no, they don't have to play, not at all. And I, I am not the right barely, I think they um, will. I'm barely com- I know for a fact Kawhi is not playing. That's okay. 100%. I know for a fact Kawhi is not going to play. Like, they can put whatever tag they want to put on him. They can say whatever. I know for a fact Kawhi is not playing a back-to-back. That is that is determined. Paul George is an uh, outlier because Paul George has been playing more. So he could very well play. What do you have, three points? Six? Yes. I think it was okay. three. I, I know for a fact it wasn't double digits. 
There's not oh, memes going around. I need a, I need a black and white photo of Paul George with the Wilt Chamberlain piece of paper with the number three in it. Like I need more memes. From this game. <laughs> I haven't yeah, seen absolutely. any. I need it's more. really really bad, man. Like I just there's no way I'm not on. Like come on, they they gave up the game because they knew they had this back to back. Like they knew there's no way you give up that game and you don't have a back to back. I'm really on the fence in this game. I'm really on the fence. I'm not on the fence. Give me, give me the Clippers plus three, and give me. I think I love the under. I'm not taking Minnesota. I love the under as my favorite play in this game. Yeah, yeah, I feel comfortable with under as well. I'm kind of torn on the side though because Minnesota's played better, which I will admit. Now I still don't trust them. However, I've always mentioned that if you want a decent, I don't have any stats behind it, but just selective recall. If you blindly back teams after they get embarrassed on national TV games. They tend to play really well the game after. Yeah. Usually. I think Clippers are potentially my dog for today just okay. because of how terrible they played yesterday. I I think that this is a really good bounce back spot in a game where they they clearly gave up. Like yeah. it's clear and obvious they gave up on the game. And so if you give up on a game, that means you're aiming for tomorrow's game. Paul George played 14 minutes. Reggie Jackson played 18. Marcus Morris played 15. Zubak played 16. And Kawhi played 18. You know that they were already game planning. The coaches I'm talking about. The halftime speech was already game planning for Gobert. Yeah. Like they, they used the entire bench unit in the second half. There was no way that they had any game planning for Denver in that second half. They were already no. pivoting. They brought They brought out the Minnesota film. And uh, they started talking about Anthony Edwards. Yeah, like no. I'm, I'm no not. I'm, there's no way you're getting me on Minnesota. In this I'm time. just on the under. I just we saw them play on ESPN earlier this year, and it was one of the ugliest games I've seen all year. I'm just yep. on the under. All right, next game, Lagry. Next game on the slate, we have the Miami Heat on the road to go play the Phoenix Suns. Minus two and a half for the Heat. Two fourteen is the total. Injury report here for the two teams, and we have for Miami, Caleb Martin is questionable. Dwayne Detman is probable. Udonis Haslam is questionable. Duncan Robinson, Kola Jovic, and Omar Yurtsevin all are not playing. And for the Suns, you have Campaign who is out, and you know you're not seeing Booker or Johnson. Are we sure Yurtsevin's a real person? Uh, I, I yes. haven't seen him in like a couple it's been, months. It's been a while, but I know that when I've seen him in the starting lineup, he's definitely a real person because he yeah. cashes money for us. That that is true. I think Any that other was a time year and a half ago at this point, but yeah, yeah, it does feel like a year and a half ago. All right, this is pretty simple, guys. Like it's super duper simple. Miami Heat as a favorite this season nine seventeen and two. If you like, oh, just this season, that's a short sample size. What are you talking about? Okay, Miami Heat, since 2017, 132, 138, and 10 as a favorite. Also, small sample size. We're like halfway through the season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm, I, I don't know. Maybe somebody is out here trying to really make me take the Heat as a favorite. I will not do it. There's no reason, no way, no how. I don't have to go through any basketball. I'm not taking the Heat as a favorite. You sit here and you look at this Phoenix team. One, they're already, like, they're good at home. I know they've had their struggles this season. This team is a team that's good at home. They've historically played really, really well in the Valley. And sitting at 11-8 and eight against the spread, 14-5 and five straight up at home, we're, and we also have the fact that they play in better basketball. Like, they were in the driver's seat of that game in Cleveland, and they nerfed it away. Like, this feels like a really good bounce, spot, bounce back spot for them. And honestly, a little bit of a changing 
of the guard and to see some of the best basketball that Phoenix has shown us because you look at this game, they have Miami at home, you get Cleveland again in a pretty close rematch at home this time. And then you go on the road, Golden State, Denver, Minnesota, Memphis. Like, you have some games there where they're going to be tough, but if you want to have a chance at being towards the top of this Western Conference, you're going to have to play well in this stretch right here. I think they get this win. Give me Phoenix plus two and a half. Sprinkle on the money line. I'm on Phoenix as well. They should have beaten Cleveland. Uh, They're 14-5 straight up at home. Miami has a losing record on the road, both this season and for the last I don't even know, five years? It's been a while. They're not a good road team. Uh, They lost to the Lakers without LeBron. I think that's all I have to say. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to go with Phoenix in the spot. I think it's a good spot for them to really just generate energy from the home crowd, and I think they'll win this game. I love the under with this game, too. I know it's a low total, a 214. Phoenix has scored less than 89 points in each of the last two games. They've scored less than 105 in each of the last four games. This is 2023. They can't score 105. Like, this is bad. I'm, I'm on the under. First team to 100 wins. I see a rock fight. I'm not sure either team gets to 100. I'm on the under. Yeah, I'm with you on the under as well. Same same handicap there. Next game on the slate. Let's keep it going. We're almost done. The Atlanta – this is the last game. The Atlanta Hawks are going to play the Los Angeles Lakers on the road. Atlanta's laying two and a half. 242 and a half is the total. Injury report here. Clint Capella's out for the Hawks. LeBron is probable. Russell Westbrook probable. Lonnie Walker is out. Austin Reeves is out with a hamstring. Trey Brown Jr. is questionable. Damian Jones is questionable. Max Christie is available. All right. Reeves has been shooting the ball terribly recently. You mean all-star hopeful Reeves? Yeah, he's definitely up there um, in fan voting. He is a fan favorite. I think he had. I think he really just stole Alice Caruso's votes. <laughs> like all the votes Alice Caruso was getting for All Star, they just went over to Reeves. But I'm not taking Atlanta on the road, and I'm not taking Atlanta to win back to back road games. We just saw LeBron have a birthday, 47, 10, and nine against this team. Like they. He's going to go nuts if if he plays here. I I think I have to like the Lakers, too. I'm surprised Atlanta hasn't made a trade already. Like, I I don't know what you're waiting for. Your team's just bad. Uh, You invested a lot in the offseason to try to make this work with Trey and DeJounte. Mm -hmm. Trey and the coach hate each other. Let's be real. I I think McMillan can't stand him. There were rumors, I don't know how accurate they were, that McMillan considered resigning. I don't think it's that I don't know if it's that bad, but the point is there's some rumors going around. John Collins has played well. I'll give him props. I feel like people haven't talked about him, so maybe a double-double for him. Capella might come back, which is that def- Actually, no, Capella's out, I think. But, yeah, he's out. Yeah, he's officially out. Uh, but I think I got to go with the Lakers. Give me Thomas Bryant double-double. Give me LeBron to go for maybe 40 again tonight. Trey and DeJounte probably have a good game. Probably. But I, you're not going to see me put Atlanta anywhere on any type of bet slip, any type of picks page, anything for me, not on the road. After we're, getting we're away what, against like two, three weeks in of fading yeah. Atlanta, and they've just lost every game, basically. Yeah, it, I mean, they that was a good win and way to pull it out. They almost blew against... The Kings, they almost blew it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's pretty simple for me. Give me Lakers, Lakers, Lakers sprinkle on the money line. I'll take right. LeBron 35-plus in money line. Like, LeBron, if he plays, is going to go for 35 again. They can't. Yeah, pretty much. 
Okay. You know, I get my injury report from Underdog. We are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Season never ends. You have weekly battle royale contests, NFL playoff best ball going on right now, NBA, NHL, plenty of daily games, pick'em contests, all this stuff. Make sure you use promo code SGPN for new customers. You can get a 100% deposit match up to $100. That's promo code SGPN on underdogfantasy.com. All right, lock and dog. Let's do this. For my lock, I'm going to go to... Toronto minus three and a half. Okay. I was so close. I was so close to saying Milwaukee. And if you don't say Milwaukee, it's going to be a bonus lot because I'm not going to let Milwaukee go here. Go yeah, you here you think I'm not saying? Up. You think I'm not saying Milwaukee? <laughs> right. okay. Yeah, I'm I taking. About I'm taking Toronto. I thought about Giannis points too, but the blowout factor is really concerning for me. So yeah, Toronto minus three and a half. I think this is a good spot for them to kind of turn around, get right. They always play up for the Knicks. I don't know how the Knicks are going to stop Pascal Siakam. They just don't have the personnel for it, and. I think this at home, you know, I still like Toronto at home, and they've been lackluster the past few games. So this is a really good spot for them. Plus, I told you about the trend. Team A has won the last two games. Team B has lost the last two games, but Team B is laying points. Typically goes in Team B favor. I will follow that trend. Give me Toronto minus three and a half. For my dog, all the dogs I like are not like. They're not big. big. I know. Yeah. To be Should fair, there's really not many big spreads tonight besides the Cavs who are benching half their team and you have the Hornets, and there's really not many big spreads to talk about. Should I be greedy? I shouldn't be greedy. You're going with Williams double-double? No, you know, no. I mean, I'm thinking of like a money line, round robin, Clippers, uh, Suns, Lakers. Like you said, greedy. So I thought you immediately meant like Williams double double at like ten to one or something. Oh, is that really ten to one? Uh, let me see what it is. I, I know his prices have been pretty large. Oh well, um, I'm gonna play that. I'll play that regardless. But, I, I don't. See, I don't see it listed. Unfortunately. All right, I'm gonna play that regardless. But in terms of the show, I will make the Suns as my dog. At plus 115. But I will tell you that there's a pretty good chance that I have like a money line round robin going of Clippers money line, Suns money line, Lakers money line. Because I way, really feel if, good about If you want a bonus one that I think you might like, uh, Duran double doubles plus 135. What? Why? I mean, what? Yes, plus 130. Okay, there's obviously a bunch of plus money. I have to throw that out there too, because I know we both like Duran in this matchup. Oh, I can't. I can't put Detroit money line. I'm sorry. I was gonna say during uh, double double and, and Detroit win, but no, can't do that. All right, yeah, just give me Suns money line plus one fifteen. But I told you to round robin, and I really, really, really like that during play. All right, Scott, take it away. All right. Uh, so for my lock, I'm gonna go with Milwaukee. Duh. Uh, I thought about doing something with Giannis, but I'm really concerned about them benching him after three quarters, especially <laughs> after he's gone nuclear so many games in a row. They might just pull him after three quarters if they're up by a bunch of points. They should have an over-under of how many minutes Giannis plays tonight. They really should, uh, but I'm going to go with Milwaukee. I, I think they bury this team. They have four losses at home all season long. They're a very underrated home team, which sounds crazy because they're so good in general, mm-hmm. but they're like 17-4 and four at home and nobody's noticed. Charlotte's just bad. 
Clifford's ranted about the defense. They've gotten even worse at it recently. Giannis can go for 40. There's a lot of ways. Milwaukee should, by the way, with the Lopez and Portis and Giannis, they might win the rebounding battle by like 20. <laughs> like this is going to get really bad yeah, on the glass. I agree. So give me Milwaukee minus 10. I think they bury this team, and I think they win by potentially 20. So I'll go with Milwaukee as my lock. And for my dog, I think we're going to double lock Phoenix here. All right, double, there we I go. think we're going to go double, double dog Phoenix, I mean. Yeah. I think it's a good spot. I think that even though Phoenix is a team that isn't great per se, I do think at home they're still 14-5. and five. Yep. They had a game they should have won against Cleveland last time out. I think they'll be able to get something going on Friday night at home. Miami, you can argue they're motivated against the late after losing to the Lakers. I don't even care. This team on the road is just bad. I've been selling on Miami for the last couple months. I don't really like this team and how it's currently constructed. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't like how Phoenix is currently constructed either, so something's got to give here. But I'll take the team that's 14-5 and five at home getting two. I'll take the money line at like plus 120. I think it's a decent price. All right. Also, Duran double double for the honorable mention. Anything else for the people before we get up out of here? Not really. Uh, stay tuned for the NFL gambling podcast, though. Uh, we are going to be doing the th- uh, Saturday DFS and props. Yep. So stay tuned for that. But for the NBA purposes, nope. Good luck to all of you, and let's make some money this weekend. Absolutely. If you're not already, follow us. He's at Russia Radio. I'm at Really Real underscore underscore. Follow the podcast SGPN NBA on Twitter. We're on YouTube at NBA Gambling Podcast. Subscribe, comment, leave us a review on Apple and Spotify. And other than that, I mean, have a great weekend. I have nothing else to say, nothing else to do. No way of ending the podcast except by saying this. We are out of here. Basketball.